G'day, mate. Nope, that was Boy. Australian. How do I, how do I, uh, like, British intro you? Hello. Hello. Hello, Governor. You want crumpet? Um, welcome. This is a Draft Digest show. I almost said panhandles. Uh, oh, wow. Draft Digest show, as we are now called. This is episode two. Uh, we were panhandles for a while. You can check out all our old content there. It was good. Um, really good. But we're back as the Draft Digest show mm. after a hiatus. Um... Jake, you were in London, living you, the life. You were sick and uh, the vid. And I uh, was in NBA health and safety protocol. So you had a fun week. I did. And I had a not so fun week, but we're back. We uh, back. Jake hasn't watched a second of basketball since we last met. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Only football for him. Football. football. Um, how about your Chiefs? Yeah, man. Think? That, I mean, scrubs. Scrubs across the board. I hate, I hate that. Sorry, I don't want to get on a football okay, tangent. Here we go. Just real quick before we talk about basketball. I absolutely hate that you're going to have an excuse as to why they're going to lose to the Bengals. And it's a stupid ankle. I hate it. I hate it. Tough when the best football player on earth is not 100%. Is, he is 100%. He practiced that's what, today. That's what Andy Reid said. Did he really? Today? Yeah, I think so. Nah. He's not, obviously. I mean, who knows? That I didn't think he was going to come back in in the Jaguars game. I mean, it looked pretty bad. Well, I've heard... I've heard. I heard on the broadcast that when you sprain an ankle, you can play through it that day. The Afterwards, next day, brutal. Yeah, dude. like after and the next brutal, day is the worst. Brutal. So, well, whatever. There, <laughs> I'm sure the Chiefs have uh, a little bit more knowledge of the situation than, <laughs> than I so. do. Probably but no, so. I think it'd be pretty impressive if the Bengals won. They I mean, we're, if if Mahomes is 75, percent he's still really good. Yeah. Um, but if the Bengals won, that'd be three zero or four zero. The Bengals over Mahomes in the last. Two, three years. Wild. Pretty, it, it feels like an anomaly to me personally. But yeah. I don't know. Uh, hopefully. Go Chiefs. We'll see. <laughs> uh, I was just sad the Bills lost. Weird game. Uh, yeah. Sad. I think the Eagles are going to fry the Niners. I think so too. Yeah. I, think so too. I thought the Cowboys would beat them. But... I did too. I did too. Uh, let's talk basketball. Let's do it. Let's start with our prospect of the week. Ooh. Brandon Miller. Legend. Uh, a guy who has been... Pretty divisive, I feel, on draft boards among the general consensus right now. He's ranging anywhere from, I've seen people have him as high as two. Yeah. Generally, the highest it goes is three. Yeah. I've seen some people argue for two. I've seen that. Uh, and then I've seen as low as 14. Dude, which is nuts. I That's what I was thinking about whenever we decided to do Brandon Miller is, you know, Victor and Scoot, other than a few people that have Brandon Miller too, those guys are kind of penciled in at one, two, mm. right? And so if you exclude those guys and the ref are the eligible draft class, Brandon Miller is essentially one through 12. That's <laughs> bonkers. I mean, yep. like Paolo, Chet, and Jabari, we're going to go one through three, four, Regardless. however you want it, yep. right? Cade was probably one in that class, but Mobley, Green, Suggs, Barnes towards the end, we're going to go two through four. Regardless. Yep. It's so, like... It's it's a really unique class. I mean, extremely unique in the fact that you have a guy that, if you disregard the two top guys, he could be three, which I think people lean more towards than twelve, mm -hmm. or he could be twelve in anywhere in that range. It's very interesting. To that point, I do think once once it really gets into draft season, we're gonna at, see after it, college season after college, yeah. we're gonna see it materialize. He's gonna be. A three through six guy, but I still, even this early on, like that's that's very different than what we've 100%. seen in the past. Yeah, you're totally right. Um, it's exciting, and that's what makes it fun. 
he is an exceptionally exciting prospect. Let's start out. Uh, freshman at Alabama, six foot nine, two hundred mm. pounds. He's averaging nineteen point eight points, eight point three rebounds, one point seven assists, forty six percent from the field, forty six percent from three. Last time I checked, it was over seven attempts. Yeah, eighty three percent from the line. You like that? Maybe more importantly than all of that, Alabama is right now seventeen and two in the number two team in the country. Crazy. Uh, so they're rolling. He's rolling. Let's get into it. One thing to note, he is a freshman. He is going to be halfway, over halfway through 20 on draft night. Yeah. So you're older than most. He's a very old freshman. Yes. I personally don't hold that against him. Like, what can he help in this situation? He is who he is. He's the basketball player he is. I get it. I get if it affects his stock for others. I personally don't care that much it's a minor detail and if it overshadows any talent or skill that he has i i don't love that analysis i i just i I don't think that's fair um because he's he's doing everything like that he's supposed to be doing that you'd expect like Mm -hmm. if he was a sophomore would be like well this guy's a stud right Mm -hmm. he should be a top 10 pick and so yeah i'm right there with you the age like if it if you have two guys that are an even playing field that you think have the same skill set um in the similar draft position and you want a younger guy. Cause that's what the franchise needs is some younger prospects. And I guess you take the younger guy, but to hold that against him, I've seen that far too much on Twitter. And I think it's dumb. If Gigi Jackson was playing in an elite, elite level, Efficient, like top five level, like yeah, those splits. I understand to- because he I- was 17 a month ago, <laughs> but, but everybody around what should be Brandon Miller's age is also his age. Like the Thompson twins are barely younger. Barely. Uh, Keontae George is, I mean, he's not like 17 out there. So I, I don't hold it against him. No. I, I don't worry about that too much in general. Start with his strengths. Uh, probably the best shooter in the class, I would have to imagine. I know there's been arguments for others, but I mean, I, I can't argue with his production. In, in his range, he's, in my opinion, the best. People say Keontae, and I get mm. Keontae. Like, he's not shooting it as well. but Different like, shooters. Maybe projects to be. Yeah, I would agree. Um for my money, he's the best shooter in yeah. probably the country. I, I mean, forty-five percent seven attempts. That's wild. <laughs> it's That's crazy. crazy. Um, probably the best freshman in college basketball right now. I oh. don't think it can be debated. Now, if we're talking future draft prospects, whatever. In terms of impact in college Winning. basketball right now, gotta be the best. Individually, he's in the, the best. I mean, he's providing the wins. He's the best player on the second ranked team in the country. Yep. Who's which is a loaded roster, by the way. It's not like some you know, South Carolina type roster with him leading it. It's Alabama's really freaking good. Um, no, I'm right there with you. He's the best freshman in the country. Um, there's a few other guys that you could argue me. George has been good. Um, Filipowski has been pretty solid for Duke. Like, there's other guys there. He's been consistent. He's been the best, and they're winning games. Hundred uh, percent. Other strengths: positional versatility, offensively mm-hmm. and defensively. Six foot nine. He looks it. Like mm-hmm. uses his length really well. Uh, a good rebounder, 8.3 per game. I, I wouldn't say it's an elite skill, but like certainly you have to throw it in there whenever you're talking about him. Yeah, well, on the college level, he's such a size mis- mismatch that it shows on the boards a lot. He's able to 100%. go down there. Um, yeah, no, he's solid, and he's really good in transition. I, I liked his transition game a lot. Um, he kind of reminds me of Jabari Smith at that aspect. Mm-hmm. He likes to run kind of the wings, get open threes. He can attack the rim in transition. Um, decently comfortable ball handler. You'd say, I would. Yeah, I would say he's comfortable. He he never looks panicky. Now yeah. there's a lot. We'll get into it. There's a lot of fine tuning to be done. <laughs> Definitely. You touched on transition. One thing he loves to look up for people too. Like yeah. 
as a passer, that's maybe one of his best skills is being able to see over people and mm-hmm. throw the ball all the way down the court. He's yeah. really, really good at putting it in the bread basket, and he loves looking for it. That's one aspect of his rebounding that I think is really good is he'll get the board, immediately look up and, and throw an absolute Patrick Mahomes dime to someone running the floor, whether it's mm. whoever, not Clooney, yeah. Sears, whoever. <laughs> but um, have, have you watched his high school tape? Yes. So, I, well, I haven't in a while, but I did before the season. So when I watched that, his athleticism is the first thing that stood out to me. Because, mm-hmm. I mean... 90% of the clips that you're seeing on those tapes and then even through film are kind of off-ball dunks, straight-line drives, and in, in transition. Mm-hmm. Kind of hard to get a read off that. And a lot of those top athletes, top prospects, they have a lot of those because um, they're better than competition. I was most worried when watching high school film if he can could consistently create like high-percentage looks because he took a lot of tough shots in high school. I mm-hmm. thought he settled a lot. Um, his three was a little bit funky. It went in. And he was a good high school shooter. I had zero faith that it was going to be plus 45% on more than seven attempts a game. Like, that's pretty nuts. Mm-hmm. And so it's interesting because he's the prospect for me that I was I was high on him going into the season because I thought those things, I thought those holes like his efficiency shooting, his uh, creation with the ball in his hands, I thought those things would be kind of the holes in his game. And it's really become, you know, the what makes his game shine the most. And so I think he's made as much improvement as anyone as far as senior of high school to where we're currently at is his freshman stage in college. He's been unbelievable. And offensively, I mean, he just looks to be one of the best players in the SEC. Let's get it. Let's get the elephant out of the room because what you just touched on is exactly why I was not huge on Jabari Smith Jr. going into his freshman year, Similar. generating tough looks. Like, of course, he can hit the shot. He's is just, he gonna but do he's it? taller and longer. In, right. In is he going to be able to do that in college where everybody's bigger yeah. than in the NBA where everybody's bigger? They're similar in some ways. They are. I agree. I mean, they 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 both played more of a slashing interior type play in high school. Mm-hmm. They um, look like sinners out there in high school. Like yeah, legitimately. Yeah, it's, it's bizarre. And then they translate so smoothly to the to college the level. And then we've seen Jabari Smith. He hasn't been as efficient or effective yet. But at the NBA level, like... That's going to be his role. Mm-hmm. I like it. Similarities, both lengthy shooters. Mm. Um, defend. They, they can they both can guard. Much higher on Jabari on that end to yeah. me personally. Yeah, a little bit. I, I think Miller has a little bit more athleticism than Jabari. A little bit more of a leaper, moves better side to side. Not quite as long and like um, uh, smooth defensively. Like Jabari looked like a stopper. Some, mm-hmm. Sometimes in college, yep. Miller hasn't really shown that. He's shown more versatility, maybe, but it hasn't been like he's going to go get you stops in a row. And Jabari, I thought at the college level, did that a little bit more. Totally agree. There are differences. I think there's quite a few, personally. Okay. I think with the ball in hands, Miller's much, much better. Like as a ball handler, as a playmaker, creating for others, as a passer with vision especially. I'm not sure his his basketball IQ is necessarily better in terms of like taking perfect shots or making the right reads out of those situations, out of like the PNR and stuff. Mm. But the fact that he can function in the PNR and he's not the pop guy mm. like Jabari was, I think speaks volumes and I think it I think it elevates his ceiling personally. See, I agree. I think Jabari though was better mid-range like back to the basket mm-hmm. um if you have to give him at the you know 16 17 foot mark and have him face up go get a bucket 
Jabari looked a little more NBA ready from that standpoint, a little more comfortable there, smoother. Um, Miller relies a little bit more on his athleticism, Mm -hmm. and it looks a little bit more unorthodox. It looks like he's still growing comfort in that position. When Jabari, I felt like, you know, they'd run sets to get him the ball 15 feet away from the basket. In an ISO situation, it was a bucket. Miller has been a little less efficient from what I've seen in those spots. Mm -hmm. But I agree with you. On the perimeter, just his handle... His movements look a little bit smooth, a little bit more comfortable than just, Jabari. Just did. more fluid in general, yeah, yeah, I think. Yeah. And then his passing ability, I think, far exceeds. I yeah. would say. He, he has the ball in his hands a lot more, I feel like. We, yeah, which I think in terms of taking top five draft draft picks is what I want personally. I want a guy that can handle the rock. Yeah. Um, I think it's a, a huge reason that Jabari has struggled this year. And I know hmm. what Houston drafted him for. They've got lead guards. Jabari is also, I think, going to be fine, but uh, I think hindsight, you probably want a guy that can handle the rock a yeah. little bit. So before we, the last thing I want to compare him to Jabari with, because he's a different player, but in the games in which they scored 25 or more, so Miller's had four games where he scored 25 or more. Jabari had five in his college career. Mm-hmm. Miller is shooting 64% from two, 60 from three and 85 from the line on all those, which are all two to five percentages higher than Jabari Smith did in his five games, scoring 25 or more. And so that offensive upside, like if you take their best games, Miller's best from purely scoring was better than Jabari's. And I felt like that was Jabari's strong suit. It was like, man, Mm -hmm. he could get going. It was an efficient 25, and they're winning games because Auburn was a top two or three seed for the majority of the year. Yep. Um, and so it's interesting because Miller's maybe a little bit better at that same game. Now, again, Jabari was on the younger aspect of it. I mean, two years oh, true, difference there. True. Like Jabari was 18. <laughs> he was closer to Gigi than yeah, he was, was Brandon Miller. So there's a lot there. I don't think Jabari, even like taking that into account, will ever get to near where Brandon Miller is like handling the ball or overall like feel for basketball wise. I just don't see it. Situationally, I don't see it. Yeah, if he was in a, if, if, yeah, if he was in a place like Orlando, where he was, he was where Paulo is, and they don't have as many lead guards. They have Wagner kind of handling it more. Maybe, yeah. Fultz, I, I, Fultz isn't extremely ball dominant. Like he's willing to move the rock. Getting with Kevin Porter Jr. and Jalen Green. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> good. Good luck ever dribbling. <laughs> I'm with you there. Um, but I, we went over strengths. Great score. Mm. Uh, can handle the rock. Positionally. Very versatile. Uh, let's go over weaknesses. I actually have athleticism as a weakness. Not really? necessarily. He's not unathletic by any means. He's. I, I think he's an average NBA athlete. Yeah. But I look at it when when we're comparing him to the Thompson twins. Oh, well, those. Yeah. Well, I mean that that's his direct sure, comparison sure, right that's, now. That's like, his range. He is not in that tier at no. all for me. He's not that kind of athlete. No, I mean like everybody else in the top five, save for Victor Wembanyama, who's like sure, sure, <laughs> what he is, Scoot. Incredible athlete, Thompson Twins, incredible athlete. Whitmore, people have Whitmore up there. Like, he's not on that level. No, he's not. So it's not a weakness, but in terms of like who he's setting him apart to, right? Sure, not not there for me. I he looks he looks a little bit. Maybe it's his role less athletic in college than he did in high school. He doesn't look quite as bouncy. It's because there's not a bunch of me's out there. That's that's probably true. Um, But like you said, he's not unathletic. Similar to Jabari, it's like it doesn't pop. But it's not it's not hindering his just, game. Again, not a weakness really, just something I felt I had to note in terms of everybody else. Because those other guys, 
I well, mean, what they what they lack in some skill, they make up for with the crazy Thompson twins specifically. It's like well, that athleticism ain't going anywhere. Like mm-hmm. that that's there to stay. Yeah, I agree with you. One of my cons, uh, he makes some fluky shots sometimes, man. Like he takes some stuff that I think is still really tough. He doesn't get great separation around the rim. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know we've seen this all over Twitter. He's like 260th out of 280 player eligible players in the country at like finishing at the rim. And that's gone up. It has tremendously, but, but yes. take, take the numbers away. When I watch him, he doesn't get great separation. He gets in the air and forces stuff at times. And that, to me, that's freshman stuff. Every mm-hmm. freshman in the country does it. I mean, Keontae George forces a lot of shots, all of them. <laughs> right. And so, but, and, and so that's an area where I think Miller's going to have to be better, especially as like a slasher, as a role man, as a guy who's getting the ball 15 feet and in. you have like his decision-making at the rim. And it's not out of selfishness. I think it's just out of like, oh shit, like I'm in a bad spot right now. I got to shoot it. Um, he's got to get better at that. He's got to get better. Cause then if he doesn't, it makes him like a spot up shooter that can kind of handle it a little, which I don't love. I, I, I just think that opens up this game a lot. I have two things written down that I think are weaknesses currently that could propel him into stardom, like mm. near the tier where okay. Scoot and Victor sure. are. One is what you just mentioned. I think basketball IQ and decision making is one of the biggest things for him because he's yeah. got it like, like athletically and physically, like he could shoot the ball, form looks good, everything. He's got it going on. He's just got to learn the ins and outs more, I think. I like you said, take better shots, take cleaner shots, get more separation. And a lot of it, I don't think, is that athleticism or the size thing. It's not like he's like undersized or anything. He's just got to learn where to maneuver himself better, I think, mm-hmm. and, and when to do that mm-hmm. and when to dump it off and stuff like that. That's one thing. The other, and I'm not sure it's really fixable outside of handle, is paint touches. Like he doesn't have insane burst or athletic, or he doesn't have insane burst or acceleration. Uh, so like sometimes getting around that initial defender is really tough for him. Like. He'll end up passing out of it a lot or taking contested threes like you talked yeah. about. So tightening up that handle, uh, working on that first step, being able to generate consistently in the paint is going to open up his offensive game so much, especially on the perimeter. Again, similar to Jabari, if he could get to the point where he could go around defenders, yeah. his three-point, I mean, he'd oh, yeah. be so it, open it makes everything easier. always. Well, in Miller, I like that you mentioned that because when I watch him, there's times he off the catch. He struggles to beat guys, mm-hmm. like off a closeout. And even if he does, he doesn't get that extra step, that extra burst of separation that puts the defender on his butt. The defender stays with them. Yeah, more hip to the front. And, and, and like I said, that's not even, like you were saying, it's not even, athletic. it it almost just seems like a pace, like a timing type thing, like just getting used to it, repetition, because the athleticism is enough for him to be able to get by guys. You know, his, his length and his um, stride is enough. It's just... His handle's good enough. It's almost like he doesn't put it together all the way, and it keeps the guy there. Now, if he were able to get by dudes, especially off-ball, catch and rip, I mean, I'd have him three or four like kind of locked in there. Yep, I agree. Uh, A few more things. Pick and roll, I think, is good. Improving. Ball handler? Ball handler. Okay. Yes. Uh, I think it's good. He makes some legit reads sometimes, dude. dude. Like he'll make some nice passes. He had some. I did a video on him. It's on YouTube. Derek Dash Parker. Uh, it's called Heat Check. I broke down his entire game. Um, the passing one, easily the most fun clips. Like yeah. he makes some ridiculous stuff, and that's just not stuff I see like role future role players doing too yeah. often. I feel like I don't know. Like 
This is just purely like me assuming that he's going to be good because of that. But um, that I think is good. Defensively, people are high on him. I think there's a lot to be desired personally. Um, just from watching the tape, he gets lulled to sleep a lot. Uh, it's almost the same thing as like the timing thing we were talking about. He doesn't put himself in great position a lot. Hmm. Like he'll be a step out of the way or he'll be a step late or just like recognize what's happening too slowly. I think, I don't know what it is, but I'm not massive on him as a defender. Uh, I think he'll be a fine NBA defender. I don't think you're drafting him for that by any means. Like, I don't think he's the two way, the two way player that you drafted Jabari for. I just see more upside offensively and less defensively in that area. I think that's perfectly fair. And I, and I agree with you. Okay, good. You should. I should, you should always agree with me. Yeah. Um, Only when you're right. <laughs> outside of strengths and weaknesses, uh, let's talk about his like actual draft outlook. We kind of touched on it earlier. For you, what's his range? Three to six. I cannot see him falling below six. I just do not see it. Yeah. And I, it's more to do with the others than if if there were guys better than him. So who's okay? Other than those, other than the top two, who are guys that could slot ahead of him? The Thompson twins, athletically, both could. George. George. If there was just really, really a team that needed a guard like that, I could see it. Outside of that, I mean, does Black? I don't get see there it. for you. I don't no, see. It. I don't think. Yeah, I'm there with you. I, I, t- I right now he's three for me personally. He's five for me. I have him behind the two, and then both Thompson twins. And I, I that's totally fair. What? I get every. I get yeah. every Thompson twin like swing of all time. Totally understand it. Yeah, right now I just think those two. I, I don't. I don't I would know. Love what it to is. see a little more from them. I, I, I against the competition too. level. I it's would just, too. But I agree with you. I don't. And if he falls lower than six or seven, I'd be really surprised. Something's going on. There'd be something there. wrong. Right. Uh, yeah. Hundred percent. Where do you like him to? Is there a team up there that you kind of like the fit? I like him anywhere, first off. Like, I think he's just think very he plug and play. Similar like, to Jabari. It's yep. Like, yeah. Um, mostly, I like Detroit a lot. I think next yeah. to two primary creators in Cunningham and Ivy, I think he fits perfectly as like that number three guy yeah. uh, who can do a little bit of the creation stuff, but mostly like they're creating for him, which is great because mm-hmm. he's shooting 80% from three on 40 attempts right now. Um, I had Charlotte up there. I don't hate him yeah. next to LaMelo. I know the Miles Bridges thing is kind of shaky. For me, right now. though, I'm like, Charlotte can't get anything less than Scoot. You know, like it's yeah. got to be Victor or Scoot for them. Uh, I agree. I don't like him to Charlotte because they're terrible at developing guys. And I think he's a guy with like a very high developmental ceiling. Mm-hmm. Um, play wise, him and LaMelo seems fun to me. Yeah, totally. I think he can be a number two in the NBA. I really do. I think he'll eventually be able to have the rock that much. I like those two kind of, you know, higher lottery teams that you mentioned. I'm gonna. I think Portland's really interesting. Mm. Um, very interesting. Your young guys that you got there. I mean, you got Shaden Sharp, who they just drafted last year. Anthony Simons, obviously, Dame's there. He's not young. Jeremy Grant is a piece they're probably gonna keep. I guess. I mean, he's young-ish, like 26, 27, somewhere up maybe. Um, I think he fits there. I, I I think he's a good piece. Um, because Schmitz is in Portland now, correct? Yep. Mike Schmitz and. Um, I know he likes Brandon Miller a lot. Does he? He's tweeted about him. <laughs> so um, okay. he, I could see, like you said, developmental upside. That's a team that obviously they uh, value that by hiring a guy like Schmitz. 
Um, and taking a guy like Sharp, who has a ton of developmental things to work on, mm-hmm. I think Miller could work there. And then Oklahoma City, I think that's another team that's probably not, I mean, not going to be in that top five. They'd have to, they'd <laughs> have to, they'd have to, to lose a lot of games. Yeah. But th- that's a team that's really interesting because I think that's what Oklahoma City lacks is that outside shooting from like a bigger forward. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think Jalen Williams gives you that from Santa Clara necessarily. If he does, it's kind of on top of his already you know established skill set. Baisley's kind of in and out of the rotation, um, probably potentially going to get traded. Jang is another wing they have there that's, you know, best ability is probably not his shooting or even really scoring. Miller would be interesting there. I think his role fits. Um, but like I said, that'd be tough for them to kind of land him. Coming into the season, Miller was one of the like probably top one or two people I had tagged for Oklahoma City's type that they've drafted for like the last five years. That's changed a little bit with the way he's played, but still like he can do a little bit of that everything type that they want. I think that's really interesting fit. Uh, he's basically what people wanted Darius basically to be. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. six foot nine can handle the rock can shoot it. Like, yeah, he's what they wanted. Probably not going to be as good defensively, but you touched on one thing. My last note on Brandon Miller, uh, you said Jeremy Grant. We've talked about both the Pistons and the Trailblazers. That's almost what I like. I hate comps. We shouldn't comp very much on this podcast. But if I was to comp him to one player, it'd almost be like the inverse of what Jeremy Grant came in as. Like He came in and had to work his way from the inside out, and he's developed into a really good player who is not the primary ball handler, but he can he can handle the rock. He can do a lot of things. Also up there in that six-foot, eight Really nine, tough right? matchup. Really yeah. tough matchup. Um. He worked his way from the inside out. I almost see the inverse of that for Brandon Miller, working his way from the outside in, maybe starting more perimeter-based and then working his way maybe to where he's handling the rock a little more, getting some of those creator Mm. minutes and Mm. and functioning as a playmaker. Do you have any any type of comps for him? Uh, I haven't really thought about comps. I'm not going to throw anything out there that I haven't really thought about with that. Um, Well, you were telling me Mike Bibby earlier. (laughs) right? (laughs) Uh, There's just... I think that kind of 6'7 to 6'10 rangy, decent athlete can kind of shoot and create their own shot. They're, they're really unique. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like nowadays there's a growing number of them in each draft class. And I think he's on the upper echelon of what they are in this one. I like Jeremy Grant comp. Um, I don't think he's as fluid of an athlete as Grant was necessarily. True. Um, cause Grant was a freaking lob threat core oh, yeah. three guy. And I don't see that as Grant. I mean, I don't see that as Miller coming in. Um, that's good. I, I don't know. I'll think about a comp. Let's move on. Uh, most improved sophomores. Let's quickly Ooh. touch on the 2021 draft class. They've got some guys that have really been making the headlines over the last like month or two. I feel like there's two that are two of the big ones. And then we've got just a couple more to touch on. You want to start with Giddy? Let's go, Giddy. Okay, go for it. I watch more Thunder basketball than any other type of basketball. I've watched probably every single game Josh Giddy has played in his career. Maybe missed a few. Um, what he has done in the last couple months has been absolutely sensational. I mean, he looks like a different ball player. He really yeah. does. Um, started out the year not so hot. was a little shaky. A lot of what he did last year, except he was much higher on the scouting report because he was, I mean, for all intents and purposes, supposed to be Oklahoma City's second best player. Sure. Didn't always play like it. Um, and over the last two months, he has been. Point blank, period, full stop, whatever you want to say. Josh Giddy has been the man for Oklahoma City. He's averaging, I think, 17, 8, and 6 on 50, 40, 90, basically, for the last two months. Uh, Oklahoma City is, like, 
high in net rating, high in defensive rating. Like Oklahoma City is obviously we've we've heard all of this. Everybody has at this point, but the things he's doing, we just didn't see for the for the last two years. Basically, we just haven't seen it. And now we are. Um, it's been it's been very quick. Do you think it's here to stay, or do you think it or it's like a mirage at this point? The efficiency is awesome to see. I don't know. I don't want to say it's a fluke. I think it's on the high end of the spectrum of what he's capable of. Right. Um, which anyone shooting, you know, 55 and 45 for time. is that's. I mean, you know what I <laughs> it's mean? It's going to be on the high end for anybody. Anyone. But it's nice to see that he can do that because he hasn't necessarily, like, he's improved on what he was already good at. Like, it's just elevated a little bit. Right. But that was something that he was bad at. 100%. And that he's grown in, which I think separates him from the other few guys that we're talking about. But no, I, uh, I, I don't think it's a fluke. I don't think it's, you know, a mirage necessarily. I think it's what he can do. Um, and I like that he's done it with Shea out some because mm-hmm. they've won games with Shea out and he's been the best player on the court sometimes with Shea out. Um, so no, I, I, I don't think it's fraudulent by any means. I just don't know if, I don't think that's what they're going to have to rely on uh, long term in Oklahoma City. I just want to touch on it real quick because it's crazy. Uh, Kevin O'Connor took him number two today in uh, in the 2021 redraft. I know neither of us agree with that. Like, but I'm, if, I've been huge on Josh Giddey yeah, forever. I don't agree with it. If, if you're basing it off of this year and you know putting huge emphasis on Cade's injury with um, you know Mobley's lack of you know an offensive you know, step up this mm-hmm. season, Scotty's kind of plateaued a little bit from last season then i guess i mean get, get i guess it's fine too but i'm not taking it two i two i feel is high but the fact that we can sit here and think mm. would we rather have franz or giddy would we rather have barnes or giddy would we rather have jalen green or giddy the fact that we can take a step back and even do that i think speaks volumes to the fact that oklahoma city took him at six <laughs> which felt like a reach at the time so, so it's a good pick it's a I good like pick that. it's working out for him so Let's talk about your boy, Ooh. Alperin Shangun next. Yeah, um, just the man. I don't the know. What else to know. He, uh, <laughs> Houston's terrible, and so, so I always, I always feel um, almost guilty, like looking at his stats and just what he's doing individually because it doesn't contribute to wins. What right now, it's not contributing to wins. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it's his fault. Though. No, it's not. But either way, like no, it's not helping. It, it's hard. It's hard to look at. You kind of have to, you know. Uh, keep that in mind. But he's averaging 19, 10, and 6 through January. I'm sure the efficiency is amazing. Much better than, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. he's had two or three 30-point games where he's school, where he's shooting 75% from the field, something mm-hmm. like that. Um, he's getting the ball in his hands a lot. There's no more kind of like in and out of the lineup, 15 minutes than 30 minutes. It's been pretty consistent. Um, he's looked really good. He's looked better defensively. He still plays really low at the rim. That's why he can dunk on by Anthony Edwards all the time. Not um, always his fault. Not always his fault. <laughs> but uh, he he looks better, I think, other than Giddy, because I think Giddy's the most improved, just d- due to his increase in efficiency from three point. I think he's just improving in areas that are much harder. Yeah, like it's, um, just, it's just harder to shoot the three ball. Totally, and Shingun's just getting more of a role this year. I think you know totally if, you, if you watched last year, those flashes that he had, he's doing that consistently right now for the last month, two months maybe. Um, he's been a stud. I I this, I know you didn't ask this. I would take him probably fifth if I had to redraft the twenty twenty one class. Really? Yeah, I really I really think so. I think his flashes are as high as we've seen from. 
any player in that 2021 class. And I think he's going to keep improving. Um, and that team is just horrendous. And so it's going to stun his growth, but it is what it is. The fact that they are not yet running the offense through him is insane. I only had one note about Shingun, really, and you touched on it. I don't necessarily think he... Now, he has improved in certain areas. I think this was here last year, though. Totally. Like, it he, was 12 his, minutes a game, though. Right. 12 minutes a game, sporadic, like you said. Like, who's to say he wouldn't be number two in the redraft I right agree. now if they gave him 25 normal minutes a night in a very non-dysfunctional franchise, so... Is it... <sighs> now, I... I also have not been shy to say I think he has holes in his game that can be exploited. I think, though, over the last stretch of games, he's definitely proved to me at least that those are much more much more worthy of being covered up. And sure. I think that I, I think it's almost worth doing that now, maybe potentially leaning into him as like one of the, the like focal points of a rebuild. Yeah, it's really tough because his he's at his best with the ball in his hands creating for others. Not a lot of NBA teams are willing to do that through their five man. Yep. You gotta be a Jokic, Embiid, Bam kind of does that with Miami. Mm-hmm. Sabonis at times does that. I mean, you have to be one of the best. And I if that's where he's gonna be his best is by doing that. Man, I think that's a really narrow road for them to be able to give him that, give him the reins to the offense. I, it's interesting. He's in a tough spot. It's just not something that you see a lot in the modern NBA. It'll be interesting to see if they do it or or where they move in his direction. Like from the Houston beat writers I follow, even with his like crazy stretch of basketball, it was like they would lean towards them getting rid of them more than they would leaning into him, which is crazy to me. It's especially would, with their back. I, I would trade but, everyone on the roster. Besides him, I would trade everyone besides him and build around him. If you were Houston right now, I'd keep Eason and I'd keep Jabari Smith. Yeah, and I and I'd screw that backcourt, get rid of those two guys. <laughs> I don't know. It's a funky spot. What about Santi Aldama for Memphis? Yeah, he's done really well. Yeah, like his role's not as um, glorious, maybe as Giddy or uh, right Shingun. Great defender, great spot up shooter, unbelievable in transition. Dude, he's been really good for Memphis. And there's games he plays seven minutes. There's games he plays, plays 37 minutes. He's been really, really good. I've been impressed. I texted you like the first, one of the first games of the year. I was like, who is this cat? Like, yeah, he started because everyone was hurt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They had like three or four guys cooking. out. And I was like, who? Yeah, and he played him and so Conchar. good. Yeah, him and John Conchar. Uh, yeah, he's good, man. He's fun to watch. I put on this list uh, Trey Murphy just because. I'm not sure he's a guy who's necessarily blossomed tremendously in certain skills either, but he has gotten more opportunity. He shoots the ball really well. Good score. We knew it. Uh, he would probably go top 10 in a redraft. We knew it. I for, oh, 100%. We freaking called it. Uh, if we had a podcast back then, we would have been oh, hyping Trey Murphy dude. religiously. <laughs> yeah. He's been really good. I'm so glad he's in New Orleans. I mean, Great he'll fit. never be like, he might not ever have the, uh, what am I thinking of right here? Similar to Mikhail Bridges. Mikhail could probably do a lot more for a team that's not quite as good. But like... You'd rather do a medium amount for a good team. (laughs) And I think that's what Trey Murphy's going to do. Who wouldn't? Uh, He's a guy who, here in a couple years, could get a bag from someone. If they really want a guy with his talent. He's one of the best... Like, I don't care what the numbers say. He's one of the best shooters in the NBA. Like... That thing is pure dog. Yes, sir. It's and he's like nice. seven foot eight too. So yeah, it's pretty awesome. He can pretty much see over everyone. Uh, next segment: performance of the week. Ooh. Uh, we're just gonna throw out 
one performance over the last seven days or so from a college prospect that we enjoyed. You want to kick us off here? Yeah. I will go, and this is kind of the sensation right now on Twitter, Imani Bates mm. last night, so Tuesday night at Toledo. They lost because Eastern Michigan is one of the worst college basketball teams I've ever Terrible. seen in my life. Awful. Bad. Four and, four and 17, four and 16, something like that. He had 43 points, seven boards, one assist. You don't need to pass when you're getting buckets, dog. <laughs> uh, only three turnovers. Shooting 65% from the field, 64% from three, and 100% from the stripe. He went on a, I'm sure you've already seen it by now, a 29-point stretch in a row by himself. What? I saw I saw the rest of those stats. 29, 29 in, a in a row in the first half. Dude, put the team on his shoulders. And it, they lost, didn't they? They all, lost by 40. Yeah, huh? they lost by Did they actually? 10. No, 5. Oh. 84-79. Uh-oh. He had 29 points at half. The rest of the team had a, team had a combined 4. Dude, he was frying. But that's my performance of the week. There's There were other guys that were great. I think he's a prospect, a bit polarizing. Uh, one we of got the, a question about him. Did we? Yeah. One of the best high school prospects in a long time. He had, he had a stretch there where it was like, he's the next Kevin Durant. I was going to say there were reasons he was getting compared Dude, to like LBJ. Really, really good. Um, college career has been a little funky. Was it Memphis? Had a falling out of some sort there. At Eastern Michigan, they suck, but he's going to take whatever kind of shots he wants. He was awesome, and I think his name is getting talked about a little bit more right now. Mm-hmm. Um, he's averaging dang near 20 a game, so it's not yeah. like it a one-off game where he went crazy. Um, and his draft stock ranges like crazy. I mean, I've seen people with him 20 to 25. I've seen some people with him undrafted. Right. Um, but the more you can get your name out there, even if it's through losses, have big performances like that, that helps, and it's more than just that single game. It, 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 it's going to affect his draft stock, and so that's my performance of the week. 100%. Uh, mine is Bryce Sensabaugh, Ohio State, uh, on Sunday. Another bucket getter. <laughs> another bucket getter. Uh, I, th- I believe it was against Chris Murray in Iowa. Yep. Uh, they snapped like a four-game losing streak, really needed the win. He scored 27 points, grabbed five rebounds, dished out one assist, had a steal, shot 10 for 12 from the field, uh, and four of five from three-point land. Again, another bucket getter. I saw today, I I don't remember what the exact stat was. He's having one of the most efficient freshman scoring seasons we've ever seen. He's uh, not talked about enough. No, he's not. Um, what is he, like 6'6"? Six, six, built like built, a truck, Oh my dude. gosh, a Mack truck. 225, something it like that. Gets to his spot. I mean, have you... You've watched, obviously, full games of him. He gets to his spot, like... Pretty easily, Like a man. pro, dude. Yeah. He's I, got some legit moves. Like, legit. Like, doesn't even see guard. the defender, Like, man. he's really really tough to guard he's good dude he's good and he's a guy who admittedly was not on my radar all coming into the year mm-hmm. like i think he was a four star four something star, like that yep. didn't keep up really with ohio state basketball recruiting but he's been really impressive dude <laughs> really impressive he's re- like i would listen to any argument for him in the lottery like that doesn't oh, bother yeah, me at all 100 percent at all i he's mean jet, good. people are talking about jet howard 10 once balls i take sense ball Exactly, dude. Yeah, anyway. I would take sensible. If he was, if he was two inches taller, oh, oh, that dude, it's a wrap. Don't even, that dude's don't so even get good. me going. Hopefully, he has a growth spurt. Oh yes, growth spurt would be nice. All right, you want to answer some questions? We actually got some this week. I got, to... I got my high school one. Oh yes, high school yes, yes. One? My bad. Go for it. No, go for it. Um. Okay, who's got next? You know who's got next, Derek? I want to know. Brandon Garrison. Some of you listeners may have heard of this name. 6'9", 210, 
Big man out of Dell City High School, Dell City, Oklahoma. Shout out. Yes, sir. Averaged over EYBL. I have a small sample size here. Mm-hmm. 12 points, nine boards, three blocks. Um, and, and some EYBL games for Team Griffin. ESPN has him ranked at 30 in the country. 24-7 has him at 52. Rivals has him at 45. He was on FIBA Team USA this past summer. He's a commit to Oklahoma State. And most recently, congratulations, Brandon. McDonald's All-American. Oh, yeah. Pretty freaking cool. Um, I'll give you a little rundown on Brandon Garrison. Smooth, lanky, big, just tremendous upside. Uh, plays the game rim to rim. He excels as a lob threat, rim protector. Um, he has promised because he's shown improvements as a shooter, starting to spread the floor a little bit more. Very good passer. Like, very, very good passer. High IQ. Sees the court really well. His vision, his vision is exceptional. Um, one thing that I like that he does that I can't say with other big men, especially at the high school level, and it's hard to do. He makes his teammates a lot better. Um, you just watch him like when he has the ball in his hands, he's looking to create for others. He he hits the open man. He hits cutters really well. He defends at a team like he plays team defense. He just imp- like makes everyone around him better which is hard to do as a five-man. Um, moves like a guard. I mean, he, he he's long, athletic, really smooth movements. Um, he He's improved a ton throughout high school. I've gotten the chance to see him eighth grade and freshman year um, playing AU basketball, and he was long and decent. Every year he's made like tremendous improvements into this McDonald's All-American that he is. So his work ethic's there. He's a stud. Um, if he can spread the court a little bit more consistently, uh, knock down open jumpers, which which he has shown, it's just going to, I mean, absolutely open his game up. Um, yeah, he. I think he's more of a four than he is five by size, but by skill right now, he's a five man. Um, jump shot and handle are going to catapult him past a lot of guys, and he has the makings to be a really fun small ball five, and OSU, like, Musa Cisse is going to be gone after next year, I believe, after this year, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he has the chance to maybe play five for that team. That would be a lot of fun. He's a stud. Brandon Garrison, awesome. Check, check him out. Check him out, folks. Uh, we need to go check him out at some point. We need to start yeah. getting around to a lot of these local guys. Yeah, we need to. He's a stud, man. He's one of the nicest kids, too. Uh, speaking of Musa Cisse, you said you had him, what, like fifth on your <laughs> big board? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you want to answer Twitter questions now? Yes. Okay. Let me pull him up. Uh, first one, Brett Usher, friend of the pod, great Twitter follow, at Usher NBA. Uh, is Imani a potential first-round pick? Jake, he was your performance of the week. I'm going to let you kick us off here. Potential? Yeah. Sure. Okay. I mean, like, there's a bunch of guys that are potentially first-round picks. I don't have him first-round. Um, he's a bucket getter, but a lot of statistics, especially efficiency, are playing against him right now. Um, he ain't six ten. I don't care what ESPN says or Eastern Michigan says. That fool's like six seven, which is fine. There's a lot of really good six seven players. But he's six seven, I believe, with like a six six wingspan. It's a negative wingspan. It is a negative that. wingspan, which is when you're critiquing and kind of picky. That that's a big deal. Um, how much does it matter when you're getting buckets? Though? He, which he is, which he is. <laughs> but like since of all, he's getting buckets. He's six six with like a six eleven wingspan. Yeah, yeah. Um, it makes a little bit of a difference, especially when you're creating from the inside. And a lot of his shots are tough step back three pointers right now. Um, there's a place for him. 
He's going to be one of those guys that's going to go to summer league with some team, whether he's drafted or undrafted, get buckets. He's going to get a chance because he has just an unbelievable scoring upside that you that like you you can't look past. Can't ignore it. He's a not good defender. Like he's good when he's blocking shots and like getting steals in transition. Consistently throughout a game, he's a negative defender. I, I've watched one. One little stretch of play mm-hmm. for Eastern Michigan mm-hmm. doesn't care. Doesn't care exactly. About that he he cares when he can get a block. Right. He cares when he gets a steal. Yeah. And 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 that's fine. Um. But he's good. I don't think he's a first rounder. He gets more kind of fu buckets than anyone I've seen in college basketball. <laughs> um. So no, not a first rounder for me. He's not for you either, is he? No. Nope. Not yet. But I mean, things can change. Also, when your team's four and seventeen, tough. Four and seventeen, already <laughs> Eastern Michigan, like. I don't want to discount anything they're doing or, or why he went there or anything. Not great. Like a lot, a lot of people can get 20 points per game for Eastern oh, Michigan. Yeah. Lots. Yeah. In, in the terms of the NBA draft, he's a great player, phenomenal player. Sure. Potential first round pick, sure. All it takes is one team. I mean, one team likes your skill set. I mean, how many 30. potential firsts are there? 30? Firsts? How many like, guys out, that could outside be outside of the top 30? No, I'm saying like how, like how many potential first round picks are there? Let's say that the lottery guys, let's say their floor is first round. Okay. How many guys are kind of in that could get drafted 20 to 30 range? This year? Like 40 probably. Yeah, There's which, a bunch which, which is year. tough. It is tough. Uh I don't I don't have him in the first round right now, but he could always sneak up there. Like I said, all it takes is one. Uh, next question, Dylan Painter, another friend of the pod, at Coach Painter, OK. Legend. How does OKC plan to roster all these draft picks coming over the coming years? They have to start consolidating, right? Um, Yeah, I mean, I, I 100% think they're going to start consolidating. They, they already have in last year's draft. Three protected firsts for Usman Jing. Uh, they've got four first-rounders in 2024. I would be shocked if at least one of those isn't spent to move up a slot or two this year. I think I think they're going to consolidate with like a player, mm. like a Siakam type guy. I, I think they can consolidate picks and maybe current prospects for a guy like that. I don't know who that is. It's not specifically Siakam. Um, but I could see that. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, they have to. They just they simply don't have enough room. What else are you going to do with them? They they're going to keep one to two rookies every year at the bottom of their roster just by the. Oh. I mean, everybody does it. The Grizzlies right now are the the two seed in the West, and they've got four rookies on their roster right now. Like, it's just going to happen. They're cheap. If you have really good ones, it can help catapult you to championship levels because you can pay everybody else money, and they're they're on cheap deals. Well, and you have to if you're a small market because I mean, if a guy leaves, right. a guy bounces, revolving door, exactly. Of you need to have guys to be able to feed in there. Hundred percent. That being said, they've got two every year for the next seven years, I believe. Fourteen in the next seven. So. Yeah. They're gonna they're gonna consolidate some for sure. Uh, fast break. It has been a while at fast underscore break NBA. Big friends of the pod. Hello friends. Jet Howard or Grady Dick. Which do you prefer for a possible Thunder pick in the current range? I don't know. Uh, they're coming in with the hot questions. I lean Grady Dick. That being said, offensive potential. I think goes to Jet Howard. I think he can create for himself so much better. I haven't dove too deep into either. Uh, I buy Grady shooting more. I think Jet Howard 
can put the ball on the floor much better, has much higher potential on that end. Point blank period. His defense is not as good. I don't think Oklahoma City will leave. Whose defense is good? Jets is not. Mm. I don't think. Grady can he can get after it, dude. Neither think, one are I great. Jet, I think Jets is better. Really? Yeah. I don't know. I lean that, and that's why I lean Jet. I think he's. I think there's more of a gap between his creation off the dribble to Grady's and their jump shot. I, I mean, I really think that. And then defensively, let's say they're even. Mm-hmm. I mean, which they could be at the next level. Uh, I I like I like next Howard. level they probably are honestly. Yeah, I like Howard. I like he's a little bit bigger too. Looks a little more mature. Um, built just a little bit heavier, which I which I like with the with the freshman. They're both great. Um, now specific specifically for Oklahoma City, I w- Eileen, Eileen Grady. I I think for Oklahoma City, I might too because. I don't know if you need a guy that can handle it. I'd rather have like an elite spot up shooter with that team because you have Shea, Giddy, to differ. Jalen Williams, yeah, <laughs> who can all create and are looking to hit shooters. Um, but I like both of them. Howard is a prospect, but Grady for the Thunder. I would agree. I would agree. I don't think they draft either personally, but I would lean Grady if I had to. Uh, next question: Thunderous obscenity. Another friend of the pod. Everyone's a friend of the pod. I think maybe that asks questions. If you're if you ask a question, you're my friend. At least me. Jake doesn't care. He's on his phone. Uh, what pick in the late lottery range do you think would be a good fit next to Chet? Doesn't look like the Thunder are getting a top ten pick. Would Jarris Walker or Chris Murray be available in that range and fit well next to Chet? They're First, not getting a lottery pick. You don't think they're getting a lottery pick? No. Oh, they're getting a lottery pick. They're not gonna. They might not be their lottery pick. <laughs> yeah, might not be theirs. Um. Firstly, if you're confused why we're getting Thunder questions, um, I cover the Oklahoma City Thunder. A lot of our Panhandle's base was Thunder fans. So Dax, that is why. If you facts. don't want to hear Thunder questions, freaking hop on that Twitter machine and ask them, baby. Ask us about the Blazers. Ask us about the Rockets. We'll torch them for five minutes or I love so. it. Um, what pick next to Chet? Jarris. You like. Would Jarris or Chris Murray be available in that range? Jarris, late lotto. He might be there. I think you will now. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it yet. I gotta watch more. Gotta watch more of everybody. Like Bryce Sensabaugh could be above him. I don't know. You know, there's so many people. Grady and Jack could both go. Maybe that's just more valuable in the NBA right now. I don't know. Jarris, I think, fits great next to Chet. Chris Murray, I don't think has a lot to do with Chet specifically. I'm a big fan of Chris Murray personally. Mm. He's fine. What do you mean, eh? He's fine. Why is he fine? Because he can't guard. He's okay. I don't know. I he doesn't pop. Keegan Murray didn't pop either for me, but it's fine. I like them both. They're both fine. I liked Keegan. I liked. I like. Chris. I don't see them as Thunder players, but that might just be me. Ah, uh, Chris, I, I could see. I, I need know. to. I need to watch more Chris. Dude, he's balling. He's every bit as good as like. I texted Nick Corain, uh, co-owner of Draft Draft Digest, our boss, uh, our our affiliate. Our, our I don't like that joke. <laughs> <laughs> Derek's boss. I texted. I texted him, and I was like. Imagine if Chris had been just a little better a little earlier, would he have been the fourth pick last year? And we'd be looking at Keegan. Like, are they that similar? That's what Barlow said, remember? Yeah, he said he couldn't even tell him. He couldn't tell the difference. I think it was more of a slight towards Keegan than it was. It was. Because it was in like terms of evaluating Keegan. Well, did he say he went to the game? And he was like, I couldn't, I didn't know who was who. I didn't know who. They both shot like crap. (laughs) Like, but 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 it's a good point. point. Yeah. They're identical twins, born on the same day, same age. If Chris had been just a little better a little earlier, 
Would he have went four last year and we'd be looking at Keaton? Like, if they're Thank both? you for clarifying what an identical twin is, by the way. Well, just for <laughs> just for anybody they're the that same age, they're born the same. <laughs> <laughs> my V, my V. I was in the zone. Yes, I don't know. I, I if I you get can get Keegan level, even close to Keegan Murray level production at pick eighteen, like oh, what are we doing you're here? Right. You're right. Thank you. I'm always right um, most of the time. I like Jairus more from the Thunder, but though. By the way, I do as well. I do as well. Is other, there anyone else? Uh, other guys. I can't Next think of any bits in the front court. I don't know. And that question specifically. So, Filipowski. I like Filipowski next to Chet. A rim protector next to a guy who's primarily going to be maybe a floor stretcher. Now, he, he hasn't shot the ball great. I don't care. He's, that boy's good. He is good. Uh, Filipowski, sure. That, yeah, okay. That's fine. Bob, um, Mil- Bob Miller. <laughs> Dude, he's been pretty he's yikes been struggling. lately. <laughs> yeah, he's been yeah. pretty yikes. Pretty yikes. Uh, Ryan Melton, friend of the pod, of our five first-round picks in the 2024 draft. How many do you see the Thunder keeping after draft night? Five in the 2024. I thought it was four. One of us is wrong. I don't know which. Okay. I see them. How many do you see the Thunder keeping after draft night 2023, I'm assuming? I bet they trade two of those things. Yeah, I was going to say they have two or three. So, they, yeah, they, they probably trade two. Maybe even trade three. I mean, yeah. it took three to get to last year's lottery. It's just going to p- depend on what picks they are. Depends who they want. Maybe they don't want anyone. I think this is a great class to to jump to like the fifteen to twenty five range. Honestly, you could be getting Sensabaugh, yeah. Chris Murray, Taylor Hendricks in that range. You could be getting Max Lewis. Max Lewis. I mean, there's a plethora of guys in there that like we've talked about it. I'd almost rather have two of those than like one in the ten to fourteen range. Like I would. Yeah, I mean, I it, it's a loaded class. Just partially, loaded. partially because there's going to be guys that you get at 20 that could have gone at 10. Right. I, I, mean, you know what I mean, it's just like, like the like value there is, is so Dick. much better. I mean, same thing. Yeah. Uh, and then another question from Ryan. Do the Thunder make the playoffs here? Simple yes or no? Yes. But wait. Top 10? Top 6? I, I think this just means playoffs in general. Plan? I think plan yes. counts. Yes. I say yes to plan. I lean yes to playoffs, but I, I won't say that. Yeah. Uh, they're winning what, both. What do you see as the Thunder's plan? They're going to win a series. A series? Oh, you're crazy. Against Denver. You're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> what do you see as the Thunder's plans at the trade deadline coming up? Simple answer for me. Absolutely nothing. I don't see a thing. I don't even see Baisley getting traded. Nothing. I, I don't know if they do anything. If anything, maybe Baisley. We saw that stuff about Kenrich Williams. Teams like them. Um, you saw that. What? Kenrich. Oh, yeah. yeah. The Teams first round inquired. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, apparently he's worth it. They could do it today if a team had a first rounder. And, uh, dude, his deal, though, like borderline highway robbery for a guy of his talent level, I think. Like, yeah. He would be starting for the Lakers right now. Maybe not positionally, but like talent wise, what they got going on is not great. Like <laughs> he could start for a lot of NBA teams. Yeah. I, I fully believe sure. it. Uh, question from Danny Reich Jr. True or false, it is better to draft in the 14 to 24 range and look to pick up a potential backup four or five. I would say yes. Yeah, okay. So let's. So who are the other bigs that are good up there? Jairus? I think this is just like like draft philosophy in general. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think if you're a team that's kind of borderline lottery that doesn't need like the best available available prospect, I think that's a good range to be in to pick up like a positional need for sure. Agree. Uh, a couple more here. Let's hit up the quote tweet. Hit up the quote tweet. 
Jason Adler, long time no question. So things have changed now. What is your personal favorite college player ever? And what is your least? I don't have a least favorite player, I would say. I think everybody's Reed good. Reed Streller's my least favorite. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, you have a favorite? A favorite? Dude. Frank Mason. No. Short King. Honestly, it would be Dylan Brooks. Dylan Brooks was like my favorite oh, college player to watch. Do you ever, hate him now? Dude. No. You like Dylan Brooks? I'm a stan, bro. Like, if you I can't stand... be a Dylan Brooks fan and LeBron stan. Why? Because they got beef now, bro. They have beef? Yeah, Dylan Brooks is talking that trash. That's what he does, though. Like, he's just such God. a. It just oozes out of him. Um, I loved that Oregon. I love the whole team. Jordan Bell. Yeah. Dylan Brooks, who was the he what, played for the Mavs. You said you loved the year. whole team. Who else? <laughs> Jordan, Jordan Bell and uh, God, he played for the Mavericks. Tyler Dorsey. Right yes, now. Tyler Dorsey. He was on that team. Uh, and then Peyton Pritchard. Oh yeah, that's like four out of the five. That's pretty wow. good. <laughs> four out of the fifteen. <laughs> four, I think. Uh, okay, it's okay, Derek. The whole team that I watched, which was like three <laughs> guys, um, Frank Mason, I, I did enjoy at Kansas. I like my favorite ever is James on Curry, OSU, but. That's because I'm an OSU fan. Were you a Marshall Moses guy? I like Marshall Moses. I'll tell you who. I met him once when I really? was like 10. Yeah. Interesting. I'll tell you who I really, really liked was Norris Cole. Oh. Cleveland State. Yes, sir. Baby. And Marshall Henderson. Ole Miss. Do you remember that dude? That was doing like the oh, yeah, yeah, shop, yeah. The crazy man. You have a least favorite? I don't have a least favorite. I hate player. any, like, the three that come to mind Maybe, <laughs> are uh... Jeff Withy, Cole Aldrich, and... Um, you remember Aaron Gray from t- Pittsburgh? No. Like all seven foot ugly white dudes that have no business playing pro basketball. Like those guys just piss me off. Grayson Allen was annoying, I guess. But I didn't. I didn't have anything at stake with them. Like, I, like all those other guys played against OSU. Like mm. Pittsburgh beat OSU one point in the year. The other two went to Kansas. Like Grayson Allen is a, is an unbiased spectator. He was more fun, I thought, than he was annoying. Another candidate for favorite: Dean Wade, Kansas <laughs> State. <laughs> Dean went legend. Oh, Kimba. Kimba was, Kimba was cool. Kimba. Uh, he was cool. Oh, I bet uh, Nick Stauskas. I bet you liked um, Trey Burke. Did you like Trey Burke? Mm. He was like six Whatever. feet tall. Oh, yeah. Interesting. <laughs> short King. I like any short King basically. Who's your favorite OU player? Buddy. Buddy was the really? best man. He was so fun to watch. Yeah, he was really good. Uh, I like Jordan Woodard. Same team. I didn't really watch basketball until late, man. Oh. I didn't watch Fleet when I was like, a kid. Yeah. Nice. Those were some of the first teams I watched in college ever. Tim Duncan didn't start playing basketball until he was 16, so hey, it's never too late, Derek. Neither did Derek Parker. So oh. <laughs> uh, let's quickly touch on a few more things. NBA happenings. We'll just run through these real quick because uh, we're running out of time. Little further than the midseason right now. Mm-hmm. Let's give our just awards breakdown. We would have done it last are, week. Are we going to give any explanation? Maybe like a sentence. Okay, MVP Jokic. Jokic. Uh, rookie of the Year, Bankero. Bankero. Maybe Most not. improved. Mine is Laurie Markkinen. Mine's Shea. And I put Bulls next to Laurie Markkinen. That's a mistake. Um, Jazz. Here's yes. the Shea. Now, this is who I think should win it, not who I think is going to win it. Laurie Markkinen, I think, even outside of the opportunity, I think he's made tremendous strides in, in terms of, like, just, like, stardom, man. Like, he's been so good. Like, hitting late-game shots, like, that's not stuff that you get with more opportunity. Like, that's... That's getting better at freaking basketball. To me, I think he's the most improved player in basketball. I don't think he's going to win it. I think Shea is going to win it. But I think Shea's is more impressive just from it's, – it's the same reason I thought Ja Morant should have won it last year. You, get, you average eight more points on like 20 seconds more a game. I, that has nothing to do with opportunity. 
that's just getting better at basketball. Laurie Markkinen's has a lot to do with opportunity. So I think taking the step from not an all-star, Shea, in the same exact minutes to the current superstar, <laughs> far more impressive. Agree to disagree. Defensive you agree, player of the year. you agree, though. You agree Which to that. Part, the last part? More impressive? Oh, yeah, totally. I, oh, it's more impressive. It's not impressive of me in, in terms of like who Shea was. Like I knew Shea was this basketball player. I knew he could do this. I knew he could do this. I knew he... I've been saying... For years, I would take him over Trey Young, and Trey Young was averaging thirty last season. You also season. hated Trey. That's also true. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, for me, I just think that he, jump is very, very impressive. And and Laurie would be my other one. I'll, I, I'll break it, it's it down too like different. this. I thought Shea would get to this before I thought Laurie would get to it. That's, that's fine. Just like exact, like that's the truth. I mean, Shea is just if you were if you were like Laurie's going to average. 25 or Shea's going to average 30. I would have told you Shea every day of the week. I just think I think a jump from 22 points a game or whatever Shea was at to going to be either first or second all NBA. That's like It's it's impre- I'm not saying it's not impressive. I I I favor that kind of jump when you when the minutes are the same then whenever you get 12 more minutes a game. Both are impressive. Both, it's, both it's are different. Impressive, it's it's similar to Dane Pool, Maxi, what have you, and Morant last year. I just don't think that's what the most improved award should be. Like, I'm not I saying. Don't I don't know. I, I just don't want to see Shea and Ja every year in it. I want to see guys like Jordan Poole and Laurie Markin. And, oh, and... You, you don't want to see Jordan Poole. No, we don't, Derek. <laughs> no, we don't want to see Jordan Poole. Guys of that I, caliber. I understand. I, understand I just don't want to see MVP candidates and more award stuff. That's what the MVP is for. Um, Defensive player of the year. I have Jaron Jackson Jr. Same. I don't, I mean, I don't know a ton about everybody else, honestly. Brooke Lopez is really close. I've I've heard he's up there. Um, Giannis is. I'm Dylan sure Brooks up is up there. Is he really? Mm-hmm. That's impressive. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I say Jaron Jackson. Yeah, Jaron Jackson. Uh, six man of the year. I have Christian Wood right now. I have Russell Westbrook. But boo! No, I'm just joking. <laughs> Russ is God. Good. <laughs> that, I mean, that awards open to those two. Uh, Matterin's po- up there. Pool. Yeah. Matter. Maybe I, I've heard Pool might not starting be starting uh, too many games. Yeah. I, I'd be. say Westbrook, but whatever. I think that's totally fine. Yeah. He's it's, the odds favorite, I think. Yeah, I think so. Uh, coach of the year, I have Willie Green, Pelicans. Oh, I have Jacques Vaughn, Nets. Interesting. Um, I think what Willie Green has done, Sands. Zion and Sands, Brandon Ingram has been really impressive. He's kept them afloat because they could, they could be losing almost every. I mean, in general, good roster. In general, like, yes. Does that surprise you personally though? Because it doesn't surprise me. I, that they're, that they're winning without those two. Like top I, it four does, seed, honestly. Really? I, yeah. They've been out for a minute. Brandon Ingram yeah. hasn't played oh, in like a month. No, totally, totally. Um, I, I think it's got to be Jacques Vaughn. I don't know. Hmm. You can make the same case for Joe Missoula. Well. I, I don't think it's the same. I mean, Jacques Vaughn... Because he came in? or No, because they made the finals last year. No, I mean, for, for in terms of Vaughn, like, because he... Yeah, because... he I, took it I, over I when just it was think, bad? Yeah, because, I mean, it's like, what were they, 2-9, and 2-8, something like that? Something bad. And a lot of just drama, not good stuff happening that didn't even probably have to do with Steve Nash, but you bring in... <laughs> That's kind of what I was like. Was yeah. It, I don't think he's, like, masterminding it. I think no. it was just like a change. But I mean, they're 29 and 17 or something like that's. He's a good coach. I'm not saying he's not. Just they it. went They went from out of the playoffs to top four seed, which, two, I, which two I think is impressive. He's maximizing that roster. Yep. I'd agree. He's a good coach. Um, That's it, I think. Also, Mike Brown, Sacramento. 
Heck yeah. <laughs> Sacramento the four seed? Are you kidding? <laughs> <laughs> they were three for a little bit. Too crazy. You Wild think, you think they taste stays top six? Oh, 100%. I think they do. You do? Yeah. I told... I'm what did I tell you on Panhandles? I said, y'all relax. wait on it. You didn't tell me. You told the Sacramento Kings fans. You said, I told fans of basketball. Relax. I said, relax. It's pretty crazy. They've been good. I wonder if Golden State puts on the gas after All-Star break. I don't know. I don't, I don't think they're like out of anything, but Neither it's it's pretty tough, especially for a guy with, or especially for a team like them who maybe don't have a ton of fresh legs to, yeah, to totally. turn it on all of a sudden. But who knows? The Nets totally. did. Um, that is all for this one. That's it. Follow us at Draft Digest Show on Twitter. Do it. Look up our stuff, uh, si.com slash NBA slash draft. We have like four or five stories go up every single day over there. It's great. Check out Jake's Substack at The Little Fundamental. The Little Fundamental. Follow him on Twitter, J-A-K-E-E-E-E-K-E-R-R. Close enough. Did I I mess it up? One extra E. Uh, Follow me at DeParkOK, and we'll see you next time. Later. Thank you.